Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. How you doing in the uh, magical world of the internets? Um, What's up, YouTubes? YouTube. What's up, YouTubes? No, it's not YouTubes. This is real. Pod, this is podcasts. Podcasts. Pod this is legit. This is like podcasting and stuff. There's wires and things. Uh, yeah, yeah, old school, but new school. Uh, beer Massif. Massif, if uh, George is correct. Joe uh, Dierte. Po- Podcast don't, Entertainment Network. Don't, 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 yeah, yeah, don't yeah, trash yeah, it up, yeah, dirt. Yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're on location. It's like a little bit, um, a little bit uh, interview, a little bit line life, a little bit of uh, just uh, kind of hanging out, rapping, kind of stuff with uh, Equilibrium Brewing. Uh, the Pete's and the Wills of the world are here to kind of talk about beer. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome, um, guys. Yeah, we're at uh, what we're re- releasing, uh, Four Science, which is a double can release, and then uh, Taba, and then a Crowler. So you guys are going... Four spot here. We've got Four Science yep. 2, Four Science 3, and then uh, Blackberry Raspberry Taba, and then a crawler of uh, Batch 2 Mobius, along with some of our more flagships like Photon MC Squared, yeah, Fractals. The base Taba, two different Fractals. So, yeah, we had six different crawlers actually today. So, what's awesome about that is that uh, none of you guys can get it because this is going to be like three or four weeks afterwards. So, yeah, yeah whatever. Psych. Anyway, um, yeah. thanks for listening. So, um, they're uh, awesome enough to let us sit here and kind of record out here in the cold. We're standing above what I assume is some kind of heating unit, doing it kind of gorilla style, but that kind of just makes sense when it comes to what you guys do. Yes. So, let's do the prerequisite bullshit. Um, introduce yourselves. Who are you? Hi, I'm Pete. I'm the co-founder of Equilibrium. I am Will. I'm one of the major of the Equilibrium. Okay. He's a general. Uh, the general. Oh, general Rivera. Uh, He's the uh, what's the what's the word? Uh, the street enforcer. You the yeah. yeah that, that's that's where you fit. Yeah. Not, I'm that dude. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Middle, Middletown Institute of Technology. That's right. The other MIT. Nope. <laughs> so there you go. And then uh, as Equilibrium as a whole, for the core of the people here, there's. Uh, from what I know, and correct me if they're wrong, there's like four people above. There would be you, Pete, you, Will, and then... Uh, so, the, uh, the my, co- my co-founder, Ricardo, okay. who's the CEO, he's okay. uh, my old friend that we were at an engineering consulting firm together. So, we started the company. We got to meet Ryan McNally through beer trading, and he ended up becoming the head production brewer. And then we uh, picked up some wonderful staff, like Michelle, who's with our team. She does merch, Hi, photo, social media... <laughs> And we got to know Will through everything, everywhere we went, Will was at, and we're like, he was basically doing his job without getting paid, and we're like, oh, we should just pay you. <laughs> uh, then we got a lot of people helping with uh, the production side of things, doing a lot of canning, packaging, cleaning, helping Ryan brew, helping me do pilot batches. Yeah, there's a lot of good crew here, a lot of guys that work here. There's uh, a lot I mean- of people helping with the, the retail side of things, too. So Yeah, it seems like you have, I mean, uh, from what I'm, what I've seen, I've been here a bunch of times for uh, beers outside of releases and releases as a whole, and it seems like you guys have pretty one of the more relaxed atmospheres when it comes to actually doing this stuff. Because beer is supposed to be fun. What? Well, yes. No, no it's, it's, it's supposed, supposed to be stressful oh, in a business. <laughs> After standing on beer lines everywhere you go and everything that you do, 
how can you make that better? That experience that people, they wait. They come out here and they're out here yeah. early. How can you make them have fun while they're there? And you take everything, you know, every place you go to and where you've been and you incorporate that here and make everyone feel more relaxed and more comfortable and wanting to be here and hang out. Well, I mean, one of the, one of the real simple parts to, to the business model is we want to create something we want to go to. That's yeah. it. You want to go to work. <laughs> We're you, our clients. You don't want to call it work. I mean, yeah. it almost feels dirty to call it work. That's I mean, I what you want to kind of cultivate. You know, I necessarily need to be here at 6 a.m., but I'm here because it's fucking fun. Am I allowed to say fucking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the internet. You can do what you want. This is PBS. I was going to ask that question, too. Like, I mean, why did you guys choose, like, the ticket system versus just a, a straight line life? Uh, the ticket system came for a couple of reasons. One, it, it, there was a lot of people who would get here and then do the share. It got very disorganized. Mm -hmm. And so people who were showing up at like 11 were cutting people here here at 6 a.m. And so we needed some semblance of order to make sure it was a little bit more fair because sometimes we have to reduce allotments. Yeah. And so the ticket system also helps us figure out how much demand we have versus how much supply. And then we try to make it as fair as possible. Okay, and that's the hardest part trying to yeah. make everybody happy. Yeah, There's yeah. always going to be somebody pissed off. So no matter what you do, the, yes. one of the best things you do is get stick, get a system that works for the most part. Just stick with it. Don't There's actually a fancy algorithm called the Ferris. It's an acronym for something I forgot. Because I'm here <laughs> since six a.m. Like I said, chicken beers. But it's a first order inverse estimate linear something that makes people try to get the most of the here earlier. Like the guy who's here at six a.m. His name's Erickson. <laughs> you know, he, he we, we know him. He's the here. The bigger allotment, if we have to reduce allotments. The guy who shows up at 11:30, you know, we still want everybody to get as much beer as possible. But guys, me for five hours should get more because he was here earlier. Okay, so speaking to that, like uh, 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 people come, they line up. Um, you know what I mean? They come in droves. They drive from all over. But that wouldn't have happened if you didn't start from the beginning. What was the impetus for the brewery? Like, what? How did this happen? Sure, you're all like, like, how do we? You how love we making start? beer, but yeah, like, what was the the, 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 the keystone point to what made this brewery happen? I, I mean, probably the, the biggest thing for me is I, I started really falling in love with the craft beer scene, and then I was driving to Vermont like every weekend to go hit the big boys, Alchemist, Hill Farmstead, Lawson, Second Fiddle, and back then those were like the big four we were going yeah. to, and. You kind of start falling in love with the community and going like these line shares are epic and we would go just the alchemist truck releases we'd go get you know uh petite mutant and we'd go there and hang out for for a long time and john kimmick would go down the line with his red rider wagon and hand out beers and you start meeting all these amazing people and you start like becoming part of this community and, like you really got to know people you want to see them again and then you realize that that gets a little bit like man if this was a little bit closer that would be nice because <laughs> Vermont's perfect. far. And so you can do that for a while. And so I started really falling in love with the, the community, the scene, and also the beer. Like, there were some really good beers. And I couldn't, like, the first Vermont beers I had kind of blew my mind. And I was just like, beer can taste like this? Like, yeah. It's a big and, difference. Yeah. And so I started talking to Ricardo about this. And Ricardo has been a home brewer for a very and, long and time. And this is, what, 13, 14, 2013, 14, somewhere around there? Yeah, about that. Okay. About that. And he was like, so I have a pretty serious background in, in water chemistry. Like, uh, I have my doctorate at MIT in environmental engineering, which is concentrations of stuff in water. And he was like, you're really good at concentrations of stuff in water. I've been brewing for 20 years. I just went to Vermont for my master brewing degree. Why don't you figure out how to make these styles of beer that you like? And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. 
So Ricardo went time to the Brewers Guild up there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so then I basically destroyed my house for three years. <laughs> I'm on stove number two. Um, <laughs> had to remodel the whole house. It was destroyed. <laughs> we had to evacuate the house at the time. I mean, we were pretty crazy back then. Like we were doing six batches a day. That's a lot. Like six batches of homebrew. That's pretty intense. So, so you're 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 bashing six uh, different beers and you're doing that on a full time job. Yes, as a, as these you are all green batches. Did you guys? They're all green. Yeah, six batches a day is kind of crazy. So you guys yeah, didn't sleep a, a for day. a few years. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to sleep? No, yeah. so we made some really good beer. We made some really bad beer, and we started to understand a lot of how things work. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's a lot of there's something to be said for reading the books and talking to other breweries, but it's very different to make it and try it and be like, that was fucking gross. Like. If you dry hop too heavy and you burn your throat, that's not a good idea. And I have flourishing rhododendron bushes from batches that were not very good. <laughs> and, but you learn stuff, and then you get better and, and bigger equipment, and you have to know what you're doing. You have to understand what you're trying to do with the beer and the hops. To you know, We go for a very drinkable style of, of hoppy beer, and it should be balanced. It should be juicy, flavorful, but not astringent, not overly bitter. And so you have to understand what the hops are going to do when you make a big bash and what you're doing with the commercial system. So how do you make that jump? Like how like explain that like where you go from homebrew, you know, to the point where you're like, you know what, we need a big system and how do you how do you adjust for that? But like how did we design the size of system here? Yeah, I mean like when, when this takes fruition and you're like, okay, we're going to go production. It's finally at that point. I'm, I'm sure you're going from a big jump of homebrew to whatever your new system is. So, so that we started the way we started is Ryan was brewing with me at my house at the time, and we came here and we fucked up for like six months. Good and then we figured stuff out, <laughs> and and then we, we learned fire. how to use the, the big system. The reason we started with the size we did is because to have a sustainable business, you need to produce so much beer to pay for everything and to get access to the hops we want to use to be able to start... Some of the more artsy stuff, like we definitely want to get a barrel program going, you need to have a functioning business to, to pay for the party, basically. You talk a lot about your education of water and, and sort of how, I know bridging the gap from homebrew, it's something a lot of homebrewers, including myself, don't really pay attention to. It's something we sort of keep on the back. We're worried about hop schedules and grain. We forget about water. Um, how important, in, to keep this at the simplest form, how important is that water, the knowledge of water and chemistry of the water to making that that juicy, flavorful yeah, take beer? It, take it. I, I think it's it's really important. Um, you know, I let a, read a lot of Greg Noonan's books, who has a lot of water treatment stuff, but I also, wherever we went, I would literally take water samples, send them back to MIT, have them measured, so I knew exactly what I was working with. And we're fortunate enough that this area has really nice water, and what I consider really nice water is very clean and simple water. You know, there's a term tabla rasa, means blank slate. And so we can treat the water to do whatever we want. And so each style of our beer, we do sours, IPAs, porter stouts, they're all different water treatments. And they're very important to the to the final product in your glass. You can continue to like constantly tweak that or work yes. with it, or have you settled in a water? No. No, you're constantly yeah, trying the to water, make it better. The, the source water itself is continually changing, depending on did you get a lot of rain this year? How did the local reservoirs do? Was there some kind of, something weird that happened in the groundwater? Oh, like and, treatments. And, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, is, yeah. is chlorination, like, a, a big problem with you, or is it easy to deal with? It is. It is. Like, when we first 
uh, got this water. We were like, you know, Brett's so 2000 late. We got algae going on now, son. <laughs> algae. This is this is the next wave. Fucking out. And so we have a pretty serious carbon filter in the basement that that all our brewed water, our sparge water, anything that goes into someone's glass goes through some treatment to remove some of the Middletown has um, service water and so that gets chlorinated you don't want chlorine in your mirror this is no. some weird medicinal no. nastiness so it goes through a carbon filter to make sure it's, it's clean but then also the source of it in terms of mineral content is very important too that affects alkalinity affects pH it affects sulfates it affects chlorides which are big players calcium is super important to your mash enzyme reactions so it's all important. And, and for, for the home brewers listening to keep it, what would you recommend for somebody who wants to take their home brew to the next level from a water perspective, even your, at the simplest do form? Do your homework? Do a yeah. lot of homework. <laughs> do you have any books that you would recommend? or? Uh, Greg Newton's book's a great place to start. It's very advanced. I'd actually start with um, probably a couple of simple ones, but I would try to get to Greg Newton's because it's uh, is on point. So that's, that's Kimmick's mentor, who's Hill's mentor-ish, so I've been told. So, like, you, you take what you have, um, you and Ricardo, from your kind of water nerdery days, you know what I mean, doing yes. the kind of uh, the your day jobs, which you still have, right? I'm still kind four of a, days a week at the consulting firm. I want to finish my project, but then I'm, my plan is to go here full time. You're done. Okay. And then you take that, and then you decide to open a brewery. Um, you, you look around, you settle on Middletown, and then you, you get the keys in Middletown was literally the town in the middle of me and Ricardo. Was it? Literally in the middle. So, exactly. <laughs> so you get the keys in 2015, the doors open in 2016, just about a year. Uh, yeah, March uh, 21st or 22nd to be exact is technically the first uh, time. Yeah, that's my birthday. Yeah. March 22nd. We, they I planned that. They planned that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to come out and party with you guys now. <laughs> like, like, we got to wait like two days until it's exactly <laughs> yeah. the day, yeah. and then we're going to open the doors. But... It, like from that that year it took you to from getting the keys to open the brewery is it just standard fare you just kind of building a brewery and and uh, forming staff was there anything no, that went awesome anything that. went horribly like what what was the deal everything with that went everything went crazy <laughs> <laughs> everything, went everything went wrong um, a lot of learning curves there yeah you know that sort of rule of thumb you make a schedule and then double it you should double that doubling rule because <laughs> everything every, a lot of crazy stuff happened just with water supply, drainage, sprinkler systems. What was this building? This was an old meatpacking plant. So it should have had a good drainage, but no. Not for a scale of making <laughs> beer. Okay. For like, I don't know. Blood. Meat blood. blood. Yeah. <laughs> Meat blood, it was Anything really good for that. You know, and, and, and this, the city actually has been great working with us, but it's suddenly it's like, oh, you got to tear up like an entire street to put a bigger pipe to drain your brewery. You can't brew for four months and you go... Oh, because our, our loans are ticking. Yeah. Thanks, don't care about <laughs> yeah. problems. Yeah, it's, the, it's the old good, good, good fellows model. Fuck yeah. you, pay me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, and so it's, it's definitely been an experience. And then you guys open your doors. Um, and the business has changed a bit since you opened the doors as far as, like, you guys producing the beer. Um, moving forward, you're going to have your own tap room kind of in a different location. Yeah. Bring us bring us up to speed with what's going on with that. Um, well, we are looking for a tap room to sort of have it run and give the experience that we're intended to have with our beer. And we're still trying to flush out our options, and we hope to have something in place in about a year or so, maybe six months if possible. 
Um, so that's very much a work in progress right now. It's like it's definitely super important to all of us. Uh, we're all pretty much all working on it. Everybody. Okay, fair enough. Like, literally yesterday oh. <laughs> we were looking at a building. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, I know you were saying that you came in as um, like a street team, like hitting the ground yeah. running, like from the from day one. Yep. Um, that's kind of my side. I'm I'm in sales for yeah. uh, for a monster. And uh, you know, uh, how 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 do you take a brewery from day one? Like, what what was involved? Like, just hitting the streets and getting the word out there. At that like, point, you don't know if yeah. you're gonna do the line. Like, you don't know if you're gonna have Even to hit the You don't know what you're going to have. More, it's more word of mouth, and also you're pushing and promoting on every beer line possible. You you know what's crazy? You bring the beer to people and just say, just try it. Just you know, lines like for instance, I went to other half way before we opened, way before we started. We're growlers, yeah. A beer, and I literally, with me and Ryan, we went and handed out like to all the guys we knew. We knew pretty much everyone in the beer community, and we're like, just try this. Not telling you what it is or nothing. Yeah, just drink it. Drink it. Once they yeah. drink it, it spoke for itself. Right there, people that were was like, the, the point. Like, I, I have ten classes in partial differential equations. I have no classes in marketing. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's <laughs> not but what that, it is. But I wanted the product to speak for itself. And that's the thing. Like, that's you you could you could geometrically fucking sticker can the shit out of whatever. But if it's not good, it's, it's not going to last. And because yeah, eventually they, people are going to figure the fuck out. Yeah, they will. They will. Is like I mean they're they're educated they have they have options now they're, yeah marketing and gimmicks options. aren't they also want the cool next shiny penny with, though they, they do but you don't and don't you think there's a balance between that though don't you think it's a it's a difference between a, 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 the new beer drinker is just like a like so crazy hot thotty kind of fucking crazy that it's not it's a matter of like wanting something specific and exact it, it, not, what's the word I'm looking for I, I do think that everybody wants to try the the latest and greatest stuff because mm-hmm. they don't. I, I think FOMO is real. The fear of missing out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. And they want the latest and greatest, but you know, eventually they realize what people are making good products and what people aren't. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It'll, it'll, it'll weed itself out, but also it's huge. Yeah, no one, no one's fearing missing out and getting punched in the face. Yeah. So you don't, you know what I mean? You, 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 you fear missing out on good things. Yeah. Also, yeah. yes. Trade. The trades are crazy. That's another thing about this industry. People trade stuff like it's. It's a huge thing right now going on in this market. So if you want the newest uh, Monkish, let me give you the newest Equilibrium to get the Monkish or Hudson Valley or other half or whatever the case may be. Everyone's yeah. trading on every forum possible. The United States Postal yeah. Service is the biggest distributor in the country. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> How do you guys deal with that as, as a brewery? The, 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 the rating life, the untapped life, the, the trading life. As a brewery, you see your beers being, once it leaves your hands, you have no choice what happens. It's before we terrifying. went on before we went on camera, we mm. drank a couple month old one of your beers and you were literally grimacing the whole time it's through terrifying. the whole thing. Yeah. So you understand that that is happening on a mu- on every day. People every are just day. shipping we, stuff. We look at we look at it. They're, they're yeah. sitting it in the belly of a plane at 110 degrees <laughs> yeah. across the country. <laughs> like like so how do you deal with that? Or you just clench your butthole and just close your eyes and cry I'm in the corner? 24 <laughs> so I'm like pushing as we yeah. speak now. So No, I, I think the, the, the biggest tool we have inside is sort of just education and let people know how the beer should be handled and stored. And then if your beer sits, you know, ninety days warm in a microwave or something, it's not gonna be good. That's not the experience we're intending. So that's one reason that I kind of like this stay local and work with your local community model because then they get the fresh hops that don't sit warm on shelves. They're not distributed across the country except for in the beer trades. And then the serious traders kind of know their beer and then they know how to pack it with ice. Yeah. And if it freezes yeah. in a plane, well, you know, 
stuff happens. Yeah. And it's, but, a, it's a two-headed monster. You have you get the free distro, you get the chance that your beer gets to California, and you get the, yeah. get the nationwide recognition. But you also get the person who gives the three-month-old beer to the brand new beer drinker. That's your Earth. beer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a brand some, new beer Some of those guys are here today. And their first beer, the first Equilibrium beer, is a, yeah, a two-month-old optimization it's three. So like, but I also see the flip side of that. I see some guys so like literally on tap. Every well, we both read pretty much everything on on tap. And I see some guys who are like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a chance. I know this probably was a few months old. I'll try something else, and they mm. won't rate it, which is, you know, they they understand. The gentleman thing to do. Yeah, the gentleman thing to do. Yeah. Um, so it, it's. But that's that, that, that's kind of few and far between, though. That yeah, you, you guys that you get somebody that knows like this is old hopped. Yeah. This is like past date, you know, or something along those lines. Now, um, from your your guys' perspective, like you're you're starting out, you're brewing beers. What was the one? What like a flagship? What was that beer that when you were giving it to people to try that you were like strangers in the morning? Yeah, that, like I said, that you you knew you knew <laughs> that it was it was square. square yeah. Was uh, yeah. MC Square was it? Um, you should tell us that story. We were talking off we were talking <laughs> off camera we were talking off camera about this and uh, it, it was uh, it's too funny. Like it's just a great story. Uh, so, so the, one of the first beers I did in my house was actually called Optimization, which actually has a very specific meaning in optimization theory. How, how do you change your hops such that the beer comes out to be optimal? And so that's what I was trying to do in my basement, trying to sort of develop these recipes for this double IPA because I fall in love with double IPAs. They're awesome to drink. And so we started with this beer optimization and we got to a point where it was super drinkable at 8% and people were coming over and, and crushing it and principals were coming over. They're supposed to host basketball games and like, I'll oh, just have one more of these <laughs> maybe just one more and then next thing you know they have a box in their head they're running in my living room they're playing music that they shouldn't be listening to and then 9am comes and you wake Bumping up but that Engelbert Humperdinck man yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and and you wake up and there was like like 15 16 people laid out about my living room and I'm like I only know like three or four of these people like what yeah. happened last night where do these other people come to and it was and it's because the beer was so drinkable, and people weren't really used to that high octane, eight percent world. And so the beer popsization became to be known as "Strangers in the Morning." We then decided we had to make a lighter version of that. And as the clever scientists we are, we're like, "Light is like a photon." So photon was bored, and then photon the squared is MC squared. Dude. It's so, <laughs> it goes so deep. I love it. Yeah, I, I said like. That that's one thing that I really like about it too is like that whole science feel. Like we're looking at your hat with the beaker and yeah. stuff like that, like the new logo. No, uh, not the Muppets characters. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, sorry. I didn't want to get technical there. See, see you tried to get nerdy and he just threw you a fucking punch in the face. Nerd it's, not nerd nerd. Place, son. it's not a beaker. Well yeah. <laughs> so, you see you, you, you develop photon. Uh, which honestly is m- like one of my favorite beers ever. Uh, almost at it's it's classic science. It's it's needed. The world needed yeah. photon. Like, like we literally called it to start a, a next day IPA because we wanted to be really hoppy. And the point was you could drink a bunch of them and still get your shit done the next day. Because after MC Squared, you couldn't get your shit done the next day. And I saw that time and time again. It was ruining lives. <laughs> and like, how do we stop ruining lives? We need to make a 4%, 4.8% version of It was of ruining AM lives, not PM lives. That's correct. Yeah, yes, it was actually true. enhancing PM lives <laughs> <laughs> for about three hours. Is that the people, balance? People, actually, the balance. actually yeah. we had a guy who wrote a note to himself one night. It was like, dear morning, I'm not going to use his name. I'm really sorry, PM 
person. <laughs> so, uh, and then you, you make that, and then and, and that's kind of right around when you guys, I assume, are kind of opening and kind of taking full here. Because those are honestly the two. That was the beers I remember being right. on draft and being available when you guys first opened. Yeah, we definitely started with those. You know, photons. Pale Ale, not very hoppy Pale Ale, but it was it was IPAs, double IPAs, and Pale Ales. Yeah. And then we had a decision to sort of go with, you know, the we sort of brew what we want to drink. Yeah. So it was like, do we go sours or do we go stats? Okay. And what happened was all the women in the project went, you're doing sours. So sexist of you, man. So yeah. sexist. Well, I'm joking. I didn't make that no. decision. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you, so you decided to go to sour ones. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the project was hard, honestly. Like, the like actually having this happen was, was hard, and all the women who were not actually working the brewery were supporting us. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, make us some sours. Make us some good sours. We like these fruited sours. It's kind of like wine, but it's drinkable. It's dry. It's not sweet. And this is what they, they want from us. And we were like, all right, let's make some sours. And for those that, you know, no, I was making a joke there. It's a hunter's gatherers thing, berry and sour. It's actually ingrained <laughs> yes. in our brains from when we were kids. Right. It right. was a joke. He's not actually being sexist. So, anyway, see, Thank you for that. yeah, no, no, most <laughs> no, people no, don't I'll, know I'll that. I'll get messages. You know, I will. No, no, because you know, it's <laughs> how you, start coming in. Yeah, it's it's from when we're just Cro Magnum man, kind of doing things. It's ingrained in our brain that flavor profile of sour versus savory and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, right. So you decide to go to sour route. Yes. How much? Um, experience did you have with the sour beers uh, going forward and then what was your kind of like okay thought process where did you want to go on a sour roll because sour is a catch-all phrase there's so many different ways you can go with sour I mean sort of the sours that that struck me as kind of like like wow this beer is phenomenal um, Jester King I spent a lot of time in Austin okay uh, and they had some Cantillon down there and in the Vermont trips uh, love Hill Farmstead sours because they're amazing yeah, he's okay up there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's he's got a decent brewery. Yeah. yeah. So you, and you decided to do that. Like, what? Where do you find? What do you? Where do you get your yeast? What do you find? How do you find? Where do you start with that? Because it's not like you order. You can order yeast, but you almost it's, uh, to me, and maybe it's I'm just trying to be too whatever with the sours, but it's a little bit more personal sours to me. So you know we, what we I mean? have a we have a, a good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Jason Rodriguez who gave us the, the strains that are actually part of today's release, which is there and back again. And we became friends. He was uh, he has a blog called The Science Brewer. I'm obviously a pretty science, science-y guy. And we got talking about some of this stuff, and he was like, you know, I have these strains, and I'm like, oh, I really want to try these. And he isolated a Brett strain from a 2012 Cantillon Blaybear. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, get, I, I need to try the strain because it's Cantillon Blaybear. Like, yeah. you know, let me try this. And so we got to, to talking about a lot of stuff, and and a lot of beer happens by accident because because beer is actually really complicated, and sometimes you just got to try shit, and shit does different things, and sometimes it's delicious, sometimes it's not. And so we got talking, and he gave us this strain, and there's a pretty crazy story about the strain, which I'm not going to try to tell because I need the bottle in front of me to get it right. But he gave us his strain, and then we tried it, and it was sort of okay, and then he lost the strain, and there's a brewery out in California that had it, and they wouldn't give it to him back, and... Bastards. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. confiscation in the table label for those who <laughs> really made attention. And then he, like, re-isolated it from a plate at Columbia University, where he was, a, he was a postdoc at the time, and then he gave it to me, and I kind of, like, screwed up a batch, and things didn't go right because FedEx was delayed delivering it. And so we did some other stuff, and then we were like, let's just throw it in and see what happens. And then we're like, holy shit, this is delicious. Like, what, what happened really here? So, so that's actually the, um, 
the mutation in the in the perturbation at the end of the the tabulator. and so stuff just happens and so you start developing relationships with these guys that are like kind of yeast wranglers and they do these really interesting stuff and sometimes stuff works and sometimes it, it doesn't how, how do you, how as a, as a scientist how do you how do you wrap your head around that how do you how do you i mean experiments the, trial and error you got to yeah. like a lot of what happens in yeast there's like tens of thousands of metabolic reactions and interactions with malt interactions with hops and you can't figure those out you have to just try it and like what's the organoleptic response to that is it delicious or is it not it's recording data and and, and building yeah. out the data and, and and is that a big part of what drives you the like the experimentation trial, portion of it yeah I, I mean i love that like i'm a researcher at heart and, and yeah. I, I love going what's going to happen i don't know the answer to this and that's sort of interesting to me and so let me try and let me see what happens. I feel like it's every day with Pete. He's always trying to research <laughs> and experiment. It's always something. And, and like one thing I, I tell myself all the time, because a lot of experiments don't go very well, is you got to figure it out once. And once you got it, then I can go to Ryan and be like, here's what we're doing on the big system. Let's do it this way. And then hopefully that works because it doesn't always. But then, you know, sometimes you make beers like we're doing on the big scale. And that happened because of this little singular path of experimentation and going, is this upscalable? And sometimes the answer is no. And then you got to figure out the next link in the path. And you do. And that's sort of how we got to where we are. It's, it's just a lot of trial and error. A lot of a lot of hit in the lab. Be on your grind for the experiments. And keep trying stuff. Is there one instance in that kind of, in the beer portion of the show, that, like, as a scientist, you're like, you see a pattern that you're like, this should not do this. I don't understand why this is happening. And it defies all logic, it's, but we're just going to keep going. It, it's it's still happening right now. Um, I really like this last batch of fluctuation that we did, and we released fluctuation, fluctuation about <laughs> I don't know what, like four or five times. Uh, at least five times already. We released. And this it. last batch to me was probably my favorite batch we've we've ever done. I hands second down. That, that that's hands. It. it had a reaction that we all looked at each other and we we're like, "Fuck, well, this well, is crazy!" <laughs> like this is it, it happened first crazy. in the harvester of Simcoe. And it's just Simcoe. Like, Simcoe's not nothing new. And we had it, and we're like, what the fuck happened here? And I'm like, Ryan, we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta talk about this. Like, let's go over the notes. Like, what happened? He's like, oh, I did this little change. And I'm like, this was really important, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I started, I started hitting oh, the, yeah. the scientific literature to try to understand what's happened. It's probably this specific compound that gets transformed by this specific enzyme, and it does this. And so we've been adjusting the batches to try to draw that character out more. And the good news is the doubles are all doing it right now, for the most part. Every double that's in a tank. And right speak. now the singles are not doing it, and I don't fucking know why. <laughs> but that's sort of like the next thing we got to figure out. At what point do you just kind of just push a bunch of speakers up against the tanks and bump Wu-Tang or something to get it to do what the fuck you All want. points. All points. Okay. That's every day. That's been going from day one. That's every day. Now, we don't stop that. They're, they're, they're nothing to fuck with this day. So. Do, do you guys have like a generational like hot spot or like a, a sweet zone? Like how many times are you using the yeast? Or is it just constantly reclaiming the same yeast and, and replicating it? Or is it once and done? Um, we, we try to not go out too far because you can like... We do work with Brett. We do work with bacteria in the brewery as well. And so when we do in our, our clean beers, we want them to stay clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not too far. Okay. So not to take a step back, but going back to what made you um, go to the sour route versus the stout route, do you think, and sort of what I'm getting from, from hearing you, your, your passion for science, and do you think it's the challenge? And for me as an outsider um, who's only homebrewed maybe 30 or 40 batches yeah. that – 
sour to me is like this challenge versus a stout. I feel like there's so much more nuance to it, and you think you went that route just because there's a, seem, seemingly more science. You can correct me if I'm wrong with well, the sour. Well, well, one, the women said sour, <laughs> yes. so that was important. And he's a yes. smart man. So. But, but, yeah, I mean, we sours are really interesting. You can, you can produce some phenomenal stuff with some very simple things, like you make a fairly simple grain bill and then you expose it to air and crazy shit happens we haven't done that commercially but we've messed around at my house and you can do all these interesting things and we want to get a barrel program going because these are sort of fun experiments I mean I remember talking to a lot of the guys at Jester King going like we will never make this batch of beer again we don't know how like it was like you know there was a full moon and the tide did this and the microbes came up from the Atlantic <laughs> or something yeah, and I don't know it's a lot of birds that's like sort that. of really interesting yeah, we, to me they all one and done on some of them. And that's a beautiful thing. It Gone is. Forever has always been one of my favorite things. When I used to be a musician, sometimes I'd purposely not like write anything down and just jam and just be right. like, Gone Forever. Yeah. You never have it back. Yeah. Now, speaking of in. that, with uh, with like, you know, the, uh, people waiting in line for beer and uh, looking for, uh, you know, hop, more of the hop laden kind of stuff, they're looking for uh, consistent awesomeness. And with a brewery that's constantly evolving, whether it be with water, your hops, you're always trying to make great things better. Right. Uh, like, how do you deal with the general public? Do you think they're just super receptive to the constantly rotating beers? Or do you see a backlash so, of people wanting the same thing over and over again? So, I mean, I hope this answers your question. But our, the way our, our beer program structured, there's three series. So we have a research series, so things like Fractal, the Hoptimizations, the D-Hop now. And then we have an inspiration series, which is sort of like a, you know, a musical element, a person, a place that was like, oh, wow, like I just want to, you know, I love Austin, Texas so much. So I was just like, I want to make a beer for Austin because that's what inspired me to sort of make these sour beers. And when those things are in balance, so inspiration in, in the research aspect, there's a, it's a little redundant, but there's an equilibrium series. And so we consider that to be, these beers are sort of in balance. And then those recipes in the equilibrium series aren't changing very much. So the optimization series, for example, is one through, I think, seven now. Yeah. And those we're deliberately changing. We're tweaking uh, fermentation, water treatment, grain bill, hops, hops hop process. Whereas sort of like MC squared is kind of dialed in. That being said, if we do something like we did in the last batches of fluctuation, we're like, what was this crazy thing going on? We're going to update the Equilibrium series too. Because I think it's a, it's a better product. It's a, it's a more enjoyable experience. Now, when you decide to name beers like, you know, vulgar display of this and, you know what I mean, how, uh, what was your thought process behind? Let's name beers after the band that really tries to go after anybody that ever tries to steal any of their shit ever. Um, like, or are you just big so, Metallica So the fans? guy who's on, uh, <laughs> so Mar Marcel Blaze was my freshman year sweet mate. He's on our board. He raised most of the money for this project, the private equity. And he also ran a metal show for most of his life. Okay. And it was sort of like that simple. Ryan, myself, Will, like we like some metal in our lives. Love and metal. We just, yeah. we just like it. It's like we're actually hoping to do a metal festival at some point where we just Count release, me in. We just <laughs> yeah, release all our metal. All yeah, let us know. <laughs> we, actually have a, we actually have a beer right now, and the fermenter is called Master of Pellets. Yeah, uh, that's nice. gonna be fucking intense. Right the Harvesters, the Metallica, no, but the Harvester Simcoe. I saw them like. You've got the little stress lines. Yeah. In the you caught that, yes. yes. A lot of people didn't see that. That's the harvester. I was like captured. And, and it, it's a question I don't know the answer to of like, how do you 
sort of show respect and tribute for the inspiration without getting a cease and desist and pissing yeah. people off because we're not trying to do that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you, you, you're doing the hops, you're doing the malty side, or the um, sour side of things. Right. Now you're trying to get the kind of malty end of things out. You're doing, a, a, you know, Mobius is the one that you've kind of released yep. in Crowlers. Touch on that when you're starting to do the kind of malty side of things. And we have Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo just yeah, showed he, up. He, he, he talked to about Ricardo. Everybody. Everybody. He's out of distance. the CEO and the co-founder here. So, Hello. How's it going? Nice to meet you a lot here. Jeff, nice right. to meet you. And, uh, like, twofold question. One, I see you're trying to put the malty stuff out there. A lot of people don't know you for that. You've been doing it for a while. You've been sampling stuff for months yeah. here. And two, how long do you go until you let the baby go? You know what I mean? Like, it seems like you're kind of, like, clutching it tight, and then you just want to get it so dialed in. How do you find really, that fine line? It's really important to us to develop a good base porter and stout because you can have, like, the triple-barreled chicken-winged with sriracha hot sauce. Yeah. And I don't know what that means, but, like, we <laughs> want to have a really good base porter, and we want to develop things in layers in terms of adding adjuncts and barrel aging and then barrel aging with adjuncts. You don't want to be top heavy. You want to you want to build. Yeah, the base. I want to make sure that we're bottom heavy and well, we build that, the base. Yeah, really, you, you really have to have strongly. a solid foundation. You just can't be yep. throwing vanilla like and fucking. Tab was the, yeah. our base. We have our base actually that we crawler, and we produce all the fruited sours from our base. Yeah, yeah the base yeah. tab has a touch of dry hop, and then the other stuff that we add fruit to, and eventually we'll barrel. All comes from that base. And now with your, uh, I'm I'm a darker beer drinker. Where's your research with that? Like, is there any is there any breweries out there that you, you guys really try? Like our, our favorite stouts? Yeah, like, I mean, is there anyone out there when you were like, okay, we want to do dark, we, but, you know, like, what kind of research were you doing into that brewery-wise? I mean, some, some of my, my favorite stouts, um, Topping Goliath, Angry Chair, yeah. uh, I love what Hill Farmstead has always been doing with their bases and their, their barrel program. My buddy from Three Sons, Corey. Three man. Sons. Corey's the man. I fucking love Corey. I've only had a little he bit of Three Sons. Awesome stuff right there. But man. Ryan's going down in what? We're, like three we're weeks? We're going down on three weeks. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, actually, Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's romantic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's gonna be Congratulations. So much fun. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Will you guys be attending Tampa Beer Week? Uh, we're gonna be there during that week, but we have a. Uh, we're doing Wake Fest, so on um, the 14th we're gonna uh, land. Uh, 15th we're brewing with Corey. That night we have an event in Miami, <laughs> and then uh, Wakefest that Saturday. So That's awesome! If we can find times, hopefully, I mean, cycle day would be awesome. Maybe we'll crowd. Uh, we'll see you guys there. Maybe. So. Are now, you guys going down there? Well, he definitely is. I, I so. will be there. <laughs> nah, I, I, I'm, I'm getting married. You know. <laughs> oh, congratulations! Uh, yeah, but Congrats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she actually it's free. I should be. She's awesome. I'm moaning and groaning over here like, oh, whatever. Brother. I got this awesome girl uh, that wants to marry me. <laughs> Six foot one German, you know. <laughs> trees. Um, <laughs> she is a tree. <laughs> uh, speaking to the kind of song stuff, the Metallica thing, and how it relates to beer. Have you guys ever like brewed a beer and have it land so close to somebody else's beer? You're kind of like, oh shit, man, we made somebody else's beer. Has it ever happened to you? Just not really. No. No, I mean, we, we've we spent a lot of time developing our, our process and, and collecting our strains and making them do what we want them to do. And how it comes out is how it comes out. And if we like it, that's our beer. The sort beer of. world, so, you know, we, there's we a lot of beers with hops out there. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, Galaxy smells a lot like Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now uh, most of the lines, you're usually doing something outside of the beer. 
whether it be actually people kind of tooling around, kind of sharing beers and having a good time. Um, you usually kind of give give away a couple of beers. Maybe you'll be rolling around with a cart full of brisket. You know what I mean? You do all those things. Is that is that are, are those kind of uh, experiences you had at other breweries you wanted to bring to here, or just a kind of you, other loves of your life? And you're like, why am I, I think just incorporating all this like to Costanza eat? A sandwich while having sex, kind of. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most central of the experiences. It's a crossroads of a, of a lot of experiences, but simply it's fun. Like we have a good time, and other people have a good time. I uh, had a lot of parties at my house since I was about fourteen, and had a lot of good experiences. The cart was uh, actually from the Alchemist shares when John Kemick used to take his Red Rider wagon down, and I used to just love John Kemick coming down the line and being like, "Here's." some strange beer that we weren't online for but he was handed to us and it was fun and I learned how to make brisket down in Austin and I'm like you know the brisket my brisket game is strong don't be modest I'll tell you that. how I really feel <laughs> and I was like you know I think other people would really enjoy this and so we had the idea of like trying to make the experience that we would want to go to ourselves having, having been to so many beer lines and experiences ourselves it's like what did we enjoy the best Let's bring that to the local community here so they can sort of have the fun we had. Yep. And then we still get to have that same fun. There you go. That's the best part about it right there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and talk about the community as a whole. In this area, there's a lot of breweries. You have you guys. There's a Russian Duck down the road. You have Hudson Valley, which is not too far away. There's. It, yeah. it seems like a big booming area as far as beer. Hudson beers Valley's going. blowing up. Let's talk about the Hudson Fantastic. Valley. And I want to brag a little bit about the Hudson Valley. So we're going to go out there. Uh-oh. It's about to get so, real. Yeah. So... Recently, the new sweatshirt he's wearing. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Hudson Valley's got so many good breweries out there, and I, I be, believe it's becoming a um, destination for beer right now. It's almost coming like the, the West Coast Portland, like the Portland yeah. version of, yeah. of, and, of he, beer here. So that critical mass is important. Yeah. And yeah. we're all good friends, whatever, which is awesome. So everyone gets along. It's great. Recently on Untapped for 2017, they released uh, for the best beer, or the most, the highest rated, whatever beers in two thousand for New York. Yeah, four out of the five came from the Hudson Valley. Yeah, because I mean, you have in, you know, Chief at Industrial Arts. Art. You, you're coming up the line. You're going to District ninety six, six which I know yep. you guys are good friends with. Um, the Hudson Valley, Valley. too. I mean, there's so, so many Suarez, yeah, I mean, Plan B. Yeah, it's amazing how many great breweries. You can go up farther north, like Keegan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. The, they're up there in that area. Old school. Do you, what do you? Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just the proximity to New York? Do you think it's just because uh, New York? When people think of New York State, they don't think of rich kind of resources as far as land. But it I is mean, funny it because it all happened at the same time. Before it was rushing duck, mm -hmm. and it was pretty much it is. And then all of a sudden, in year and a half ago, um, year and a half ago, Hudson Valley appeared. Suarez opened up. We opened up. Uh, it was like it was like a boom of people opening up kind of new trendy breweries in the Hudson Valley, uh, which was happening all together. I don't know exactly why that will be. I think the proximity with New York helps a lot. I mean, most of these people were hoping to drive people from New York. As I think one of the, one of the, the cool Hudson things Valley. too is there's probably going to be a lot of access to agriculture and farming. And that was my point. Is which New York State used to be a big hop state before yeah. the before yeah. everything went down like years yeah. ago about a, what was it a bacteria mold or something yeah. took over the crops yeah. or whatever. Yep. So there's a lot of resources here to do in-house yes. New York based yes. beers. How is New York as a state to deal with when it comes to that kind of stuff? Are they really Actually, kind of? Oh, New York is great. It's awesome. Right? State? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Cuomo, awesome. Cuomo has been very, um, very. Uh, aggressive on developing the industry. He saw it like coming and say like, okay, we need to become this. It's funny because I mean, when we 
booted up our first initial business plan, we were looking into 2012 data, and New York was like number 40 in number of breweries compared to the other states. Now I think you know it's, it's top 10 for sure. So it moved like in three years. Yeah, a lot. Three There's like three, 300 more breweries in New York State, and part of that is because the state has been very um, helpful and very um, accommodating of the needs of the craft brewer industry. They uh, cut. I mean, they did taxes reductions. They were helping with money to a lot of uh, through um, through grants and whatnot. They were also promoting uh, people. I mean, anybody who was helping them, it was promoting uh, promoting cities that were helping this uh, this industry. Um, I think also the SLA, you know, even though it has been historically the state liquor authority has been historically um, kind of a, 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 a no-sayer. Yeah. You know, like you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Now it's not that way. I mean, it's like it's, it's the opposite. The mandate is like, okay, these are the rules. Uh, let's let's hear what you want to do and let's help you out inside the rules. I mean, always the rules are there, but it's not like a no. It's like, okay, let's see how we can work this out or how we can even change the rules and they haven't changed it. Do you think that's a matter of, of money or do you think it's a matter of they just understand the business now and they, they're just like, okay, this is a good thing, not a negative, not like an old teetotaling kind of like liquor and whatever is bad. Do you think it's a matter of them just understanding? I'm sure it has to do with money. They understand it's going to bring people to the state, but it's also a combination of them kind of being like, oh, this is a good thing. And this I, I is think it's a good thing on the tourist side yeah uh, th what they saw is that upstate New York uh, have like a lot of potential on on tourists again mm -hmm. and also they pair that down with uh, say how how do we get the farmers again to do farming here you know to yeah. get the monsters get the you know get all the industry that left because it went it moved to to the plains and, and to the west coast how, how we can recuperate that and make it like a trendy location for, for tourism. Especially this area, because I mean, it's not that far from the city. Do you know what I mean? For big people to kind of travel out here and visit. My buddy's New York City cop, lives in Greenwood Lake. That's only like mm -hmm. 20 minutes away right, from here. Right. So it's not like you're far out from the city. Um, it just seems like it's gonna, it seems, it's exploding as it is, but it seems like it's primed to just go crazy. I mean, it's insane the amount of breweries popping up around Fomo, here. a lot of people, if you don't know this by now, he actually is a beer head. Really? Beer. Yeah, he's actually does judge. He judges. If you guys haven't seen this or read about him, that's right. He judges it. so many beer competitions. Really? The yeah. guy is all over the place when it comes to beer. His secretary sends out emails all the time about beer stuff. It, like to people, if you're uh, registered with, you know, their email stuff. It. The guy loves beer, literally. Yeah. And his father was a wine guy. So beer's fun. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, you know, with the, with uh, New York State, I know they run that uh, Taste in New York campaign. Right, exactly. So did you guys feel that, like, the wine industry and the agricultural, like, people making cheese and, like, the artistic stuff that was going on with the food and wine has really been fueling, like, now the, the beer boom? I think like the larger movement, hand yes. Hand. Yes, absolutely. The larger movement, the bigger picture on that whole experience for people in New York, absolutely. Yep. And not to be cliche, but do you think there's something in the water? I mean, you're the water chemist. Is there some something about the water chemistry here that makes it a great hub to make beer, to, to make a certain style of beer? Or The, the water is, um, 
you know, you can change what's in the water. Mm -hmm. well, so <laughs> it helps. The water, the water, what I think is good about the water, and you can me if I'm wrong, is that it's very clean. It doesn't have a lot of chemicals to begin with, so you can actually turn it into what it's you It's a better clean slate. Yeah, that's, that's Tabla Raza I was mentioning yes. before, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it like, but yes, I completely agree. Yeah. So we can manipulate it how we want it. If you have like a place where you have like a certain hard water that may be great for an IPA, then it's not so good for a stout, and then it's not so good for a stout. And then this is very hard to get, you know, kind of clean that water if it already has a lot of chemicals to begin with. Now, kind of flip the script on the whole like um, accommodating or, or a beer business kind of booming thing. Where, where do you see? Not just hyper locally, but even just nationally. Where do you see beer going? I mean, Smutty Nose is basically going to public auction. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in a month. So, uh, do you guys have an idea about like where it's heading? I have theories about it. Everybody has theories yeah. about I, it. I mean, my 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 personal theory, and I'm not speaking for Willow Ricardo, is sort of I look to Europe for their dynamics, and they didn't have a prohibition like we did. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's going to go back to sort of a local equilibrium if you will that's that's what i that's my scene and theory. and there's a local community that interacts with their local brewery and of course there's some cross-pollination amongst communities but like i think it's going to go these big mega brands are going to slowly be eroded because there there is no crap bubble everybody wants to talk about it there's no we need there's not enough breweries for the people in the world no, in the united states let's go the united really states there, there, there isn't i mean new jersey has a hundred crap breweries there's like millions and millions of people there yeah it's good i always like you're saying basically it's gonna it's not gonna burst it's gonna regress to where it's like hyper localized yes and so then, that's and, where I, and, I think it's going and then you'll have like you know your nevadas of the world or whatever exist i think they'll live but then that I don't want to call smutty nose middle of the road, but those ones that tried to get big but just kind of yeah. put in a little bit too much are just going to end up kind of faltering. And don't just be kind greedy. Of, keep it fun. Yeah. And some of them don't want to just adapt or change. They think that, you know, what they did sometimes so many years, it's going to keep, you know, booming with this business that we're in right now. And yes, yeah. It's not going to be the case on some of them. And then uh, we, uh, touched on the, we touched on it before with, like, Green Flash that's pulled out of 33 states. 33 states. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. Crazy. That's, you know, like, crazy. so a lot of, like, to to survive, they, they knew, like, we got to retract and become more West Coast or whatever. Become humble. Right. Yeah. Let's, well, let's just yeah. be humble. Be humble. Well, Seriously. that and on Don't top of it, yeah. I mean, you guys are very... You do the sour program. You're coming out with the malt stuff, but you're very hop heavy. Do you feel like you guys are nimble enough to like pivot if things change on a dime? I mean, we're of course going to listen to what people say, but we also brew what we want to drink. And what we want to drink in five years, I don't know what that is. It's probably going to be hoppy beer sours and stuff. <laughs> but you know, let's see what. what I heard. It's gonna be, I heard it's going to be kombucha. You just kombucha. Gonna go check it out. <laughs> less than one percent. We're actually going to revert yeah, back to like roots. I think we're a nimble enough team that if we want to figure out how to brew something delicious that's not in our current repertoire, we're going to figure it out. And so it's going to be what that, we want. That to was the sure. startup point of, of this. I mean, like um, I remember one interview we had in 2013. It was one of the first things that we were commenting, and, and somebody asked Pete, "Why are you doing this?" And Pete said, "Like, well, nobody's doing it here in New York, so we're doing it." So yeah. and I, I, <laughs> I want to yeah. buy beer this way, and I don't want to yeah. drive 12 hours. And I think I think it has to do with this is the beer we want to drink, and uh, and we're we sure didn't know rest. how to do that beer at that time. You yeah. know, like uh, so so what we trust is that we understand enough of the processes and, and we have like a 
the, the right mindset about you know working hard on the research that you know eventually we can get the beer we want to try. Wait, wait beer, beer takes research. You just don't throw <laughs> <laughs> you don't put sugar, <laughs> water, and hops together and make magic. I always thought that's how it works. Depends on your sacrifices. What did you, how did you guys get into beer? Like, did, was there like I don't want to do the prerequisite like what was your first good beer, but is like you, like how did you get into it? Were you just kind of like just happened into it, or was there a, spe- a specific point? Um, mine was a, a heady topper at a Romatine Bistro in Ellenville where he, he gave it to me, and I went, "Oh shit! What what's going on here? <laughs> like, why is there like this pink grapefruit, pineapple deliciousness going on here? Because I like beer." for a lot of my life, but mostly because it was full of alcohol, yep. and it can taste really good. <laughs> what, what, what is this? Like, I'd rather it taste really good than just have alcohol in it. And so for me, it was a heady topper. What that, about that, you guys? Uh, for me, it was like 20 years ago. I went to, when, when I was at MIT, um, I came from Argentina, where the beer was just beer. You know, like, you order beer. You yeah. don't have a name for the beer. Yeah. You know, like, beer. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and so... When I came to Cambridge, and it was like uh, the first initial revolution, it was the late 90s. Mm-hmm. It was the first initial thing where in Cambridge and Boston it was happening, that yeah. there was a lot of brew pubs and, and things like that. And I couldn't believe the amount of different flavors. Well, in Boston beer. at that time, that's probably that's when Shelton Brothers took off, so there's probably a lot of Belgian beers. Yeah, stuff there, like was, that. there yeah. was a lot of different things. And Cambridge, Cambridge works was f- fantastic yeah. at that time. They were doing a lot of experimental stuff. I even drank a, like a white beer. I remember that we drank some some of it. Like, yeah. in, uh, Let me see. Boston, Boston is still like a hot spot, you know, with Lord Hobo and and you know you got Trillium up there. Right, I said, right. and then you you expand out. I mean, like it seems like they've always been kind of like a beer minded. Who would have yeah, thought? So, who who so would have thought a lot of Irish people in one town? Yeah. <laughs> so it was late nineties when this happened, and then and like to me it was like a game changer, and people. In the course I was working with, a good friend of ours, uh, they identified that I was in love with it, and they <laughs> gave me the first brewing kit. Oh, nice! And uh, and so I started brewing. And, uh, I, and I, I remember you hearing tales of your sleepless yeah. night. Yeah, I was. Just, I, I, yeah, I couldn't. He yeah. had finals. He was like, "It's these just start bubbling before I can hear anything else." Why aren't the bubbles here yet? Yes. What about you, Will? I actually been in love with beer way too long. I'm an oldie, <laughs> a goodie. Uh, I've been chasing beer a long time. Back in the days where, you know, um, let's just see, Brooklyn Brew was like, wow, yeah, Brooklyn Brew. Yeah, yeah. And when I got yeah, to meet him, awesome. he one makes day awesome stuff. A lot of people can gonna... talk to him, yeah. and he's just like educating me so much on like, this is the beer, this is the process, this is what we're going through, and so you know took me around i was like intrigued um but i've been chasing for a long time i still chase to this still day chasing. i still you'll see me on lines everywhere whenever i have a chance i've been i i've been on hundreds of hundreds to probably the thousands of lines <laughs> who do you, who you love lines today speak to that moment like who you loving that you don't feel like it's getting the love right now besides you guys um i love hudson valley yeah hudson valley those are good friends of ours my biggest one is District 96. Though. Yeah. And I, I, I talked to Johnny right now. We're drinking yeah. sexual fluctuation, but I talked to Johnny this morning. Uh, one of my best friends. Um, known him a long time. We're going there tomorrow. Yeah, we're yeah. actually going there tomorrow to hang out with him. And he, he, his beers are incredible. He, I never met him before. He reached out. We had a, a pretty fun conversation. He ended up sending me some of his beers. And, that's good stuff right it's there, man. A great guy. He's a great team. Great brewery. 
beer-minded. He used to wait on lines with me everywhere as well. Matter of fact, he still does. So I, I, I met him at a Triple Sunshine release in Vermont. That's what I met, Johnny. Yeah, he takes a picture and sends it to me with Pete. <laughs> was, I was like, yeah. That's my, that's my He's life. like, you're that real nerdy guy, right? I'm like, yep. <laughs> One so, of them. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been in love a long time. Matter of fact, talking about music, I went to a Tool concert a while ago, and I bought five cases of beer because I'm like, the West Coast really needs to know what this beer is all about. It's like, Ricardo, are you cool with this? Ricardo's like, do what you got to do. And bought five, I'm sorry, five suitcases, not five cases, five suitcases full of beer to the West Coast. Hit Monkish, hit, uh, let's see, um, Bottle Logic. You name, uh, there were so many breweries I hit out there. Yeah, but what's um, Yeah, don't like San Diego scene, basically. Yeah, Mumford, Mumford. Yeah. All these places, and literally every brewery we went, we're handing it to the guys at the brewery. We're handing it to the people on the lines. We're going crazy, like, try this. This is crazy. You know, good stuff. And I also noticed that the week after, the ISOs, because we look at everything, the ISOs in search of on our... Um, Blew up? Oh, my God. Jeez, California was like... It was awesome to see the love yeah. California was giving. It's amazing. Only just because we wanted to watch Tittle at a fucking concert out there. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we'll blame it on Maynard. Yeah. Well, like, I, I have like similar type of stuff. Like I'm not a part of a brewery, but I always represent the ones that I like. You know, um, and I mean, if I'm traveling, I usually have something local with me. Yeah. Right. And right. I mean, like I remember I was I was driving down to North Carolina, and we stopped at Blue Mountain, like in the in the mountains there, and, and I happen right. to have. Um, Mr. Rollers can with me, and the guy was talking about how he liked IPAs. I was like, "Yeah, I got something from my, my place," and it was like it turned out he was like one of the brewers, you know. And he was like, and, and he was like, "Okay, I got this bottle for you," like you know. And it was just a swap. And I, I always find like with the beer community, like I love that part of it. Like you said, oh head brewers of places standing in line with you, yep. you know that type of thing. And it's like it's such a big community, but it's also so small. Yes, like yeah, the, especially especially the East Coast. Like I mean, a friend of ours that's not with us today, Steve. I mean, like, you probably can see him, Treehouse, you know, and, and people, like, up there know him. And it's right. just like, well, you know, like, he's right. got the releases. Yeah. Right. You kind of get to know the people. He's 100 pounds of beer. Yeah. yeah. The beer community is the best community. They're the most giving, as you can see here. No, people, it's a really good community. Yeah. They bring their stuff. They put it out. Try what I have today. Like, they're not, you know. Yeah, and we, so we, we've seen some, so, some monsters today out here, too. It's very reciprocal. Like, up at 6 a.m. because it's fun. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? We were at Treehouse with Nate, actually, recently, and... See, like, you know, we're hanging, everyone's hanging out, having a good time with the Trillium. Hanging out recently, having a good time with the guys at Trillium. And just, it's such a great place, you know, good place to be. Well, yeah. speaking of fun, I want to start chugging some beers. So yeah, let's wrap this that. up. Let's do this. Uh, do the whole prerequisite plugging. Where do people find you? How do they get your beer? What do they do? Line Life it in Middletown? Line That's life. it. Done and done. <laughs> Line Life. Line Life, Middletown. Uh, a few <coughs> beer menus. If we have um, sun kegs out. Okay, they can find yeah, that menus. Um, and you guys go some, some from NYC um, up to uh, anywhere to Hudson Valley and NYC, and yep. up to Hudson Valley mean up to Albany and past Albany a little okay. bit. Okay. Like, yeah, uh, and then um, and all that area. Yeah, eqbrewery.com, something about that. Facebook, Instagrams. It's EQ Brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, ICQ, Friendster. Do you know what I mean? IRC, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Grinder, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you, you find it everywhere. Uh, it and, disappeared uh, today, but. 
He's, he's the one that's on Grindr. He didn't show up yet. Hey, Tinder, whatever you want to use, man. It's all good. Hey, it's all good. Uh, as long as you can find us. As long as you drink beer, it doesn't yeah. matter. And as long as it's less than 30 days. And you so. always catch us outside. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't stay in the building on beer lines. We're outside with everybody, by the right. way. And, and that's that's you can prevent you lost fridge beers. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, if you guys come here, there's always a nice setup. They always have, you know, it's like, what, probably like 30 degrees outside. They have heaters over. Ricardo's freezing to death right now. Yeah. He's jogging. Yeah. He's so cold. They're, but, making, um, they're making breakfast sandwiches. But, right. yeah, they're, it, it's a great time to come out here. So, I mean, they do great beers. They do more than just hop forward stuff. It's what people know them for. But, uh, yeah, definitely come out and check them out. Uh, drink some good beers. Chat up, Pete. Chat up, everybody, when you come here. You guys are We're out here. Fun. We're here to hang out and talk. Yeah. Have a good time. Yeah, and if you guess what's in the beer, you, you win a big magnum of beer. I mean, it's, That's it's correct. beer and beer and That's beer. Right. So. It's all for science. science. That's right. <laughs> Everything's for science. So, uh, there you go, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, check out Equilibrium Brewing. Check us out, beermassive.com, and all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate it. Matt, thanks for coming Thank out, you. man. Absolutely. Thank you. We love you guys, man. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. Take care. Cheers. 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 All right, let's appreciate crack that magnum. It.